0: They would tell me, well, she's not coming back. And I'd say, oh, yes, she's coming. She's coming to get me. But, you know, she didn't come to get me. Uh So eventually, you know, you give up and and settle in. But I was devastated. I mean, it just, uh, there's no other word to describe it. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I?
1: Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? This is Who Am I, Really? A podcast about adoptees that have located and connected with their biological family members. Hey, it's Damon. And today I was so lucky to talk to one of my own relatives, Mary. She and my biological mother, Anne, met well before I was able to locate Anne myself. Mary and Anne shared a common interest in, of all things, genealogy. Mary's story isn't one of a formal adoption, but being placed into the guardianship of someone else. She was a child during the Great Depression, an extremely challenging time economically and mentally for the health of our country. But Mary's life challenges were deeply underscored by the upheaval of her family when her mother placed her and her young brother in the guardianship of a stranger. I asked her to tell me about her experiences growing up. I have to warn you. She does describe an abusive experience in her childhood that I suggest you don't listen to in front of children. Here's Mary's story. Hello.
0: Hello, Damon. Mary? Yes, how are you?
1: I'm very well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good.
1: Excellent. Thanks for calling. As how are well you feeling today? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Huh? Now tell yeah. me how you knew my biological mother Anne. Help me remember. How did you know her?
0: Well, She and I both uh, attended a genealogy conference. We were sort of sitting next to each other, and we started talking about where our family was from and so forth and so on. And we both came to the conclusion that we might be related. But, you know, (laughs) I'm going to say 10 years later, we find out, yeah, we are related.
1: And what was the relation? Do you recall?
0: Cousins
1: through whom yeah
0: no, it was my grandfather was his brother was your grand your great grandfather, wow,
1: you know it's so interesting to me that you and Anne did genealogy one just because I know that she began the process well before you could do internet searches for people like you can now, so you know her library background was something that made her a sleuth in tracking down mm-hmm. information, but i I can't help but wonder how much of that was just her own pure curiosity for wanting to know about her own history. And then what part of it for her was because she had released me into the world and there was an adoptee out there that would want to know about her and, and my relatives. And I just can't, I would love to have asked her before she passed how much she thought my presence in the world fueled her desire to do genealogy versus just her Mm -hmm. own natural process for wanting to discover herself. So you were adopted yourself,
0: Mary? No, I wasn't actually adopted. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. My mother decided, according to what she's told me and what my guardian told me, she decided that she could not keep my brother and I. It was during the Depression. Mm Mm-hmm and I don't doubt that she was having a hard time because she couldn't hardly find a job, and when you did, It wasn't paying much, but and she was still young. She may have been 20 when Mm -hmm. she gave us up. She still wanted to go out with the girls, you know, that kind of stuff. So she gave us to a guardian with, as I'm told, the understanding that she would get us back at one time.
1: Who was that guardian to her, to your mother, do you know? What was the relation?
0: No, she wasn't related. I see. My mother lived in an apartment building, and another lady lived in the apartment building. The other lady that lived in there was the sister to my guardian. Oh, and my mother said she was asking uh, if she knew someone who would take her kids and keep them. And she said, "Oh yeah, my sister would love to have them." So that's how I that's how I got from Louisville, Kentucky, to uh, Indianapolis.
1: Indianapolis is where your guardian lived,
0: right? I was either three or four, and my brother was two years younger. So that's sort of how that transpired.
1: And how was your life in Indianapolis as someone, a child in guardianship of another by another person?
0: Well, first of all, I was yet—I was too young to really understand what was going on. And while my brother fit right in, right off. I was not a happy camper. I cried for days and days. Mm-hmm. And they would tell me, well, she's not coming back. And I'd say, oh, yes, yeah, she's coming. She's coming to get me. But, you know. She didn't come together. Hmm. So eventually, you know, the, you give up and, and settle in. But I was devastated. I mean, it just, uh, there's no other word to describe it. I can't uh-huh. even imagine. Yeah. I can remember crying days and days. And then I would, would settle down, and then I'd start thinking about it, and I'd start crying again. Mm-hmm. She uh, never adopted us. She did put us on welfare Mm -hmm. just because she could, and she could get additional money for doing that.
1: To support you guys. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. She was married at the time that we went to stay with her, but um, he, well, it's no other way to put it. He molested me or he raped me. Oh, no. And um, she put him out.
1: Oh. How old were you when that happened? I'm sorry to hear that.
0: I was still about four or five years old. Oh. I wasn't very old at all. Oh, man. And it was sort of a... He woke me... I still remember it. He woke me up and said, you know, be quiet and come with me. I didn't know any difference, you know. Yeah. So I went with him. And he told me not to tell. And I wasn't going to, but I started bleeding. And I I, I told her, she, she saw me crying. And I said, she asked me, why was I crying? And I said, because I, I'm bleeding. Mm-hmm. And she said, bleeding from where? And when I showed her, she said, oh, no. And she asked him about it. And, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that became another problem in that relationship in our relationship because from time to time she would say oh well we don't have the money because remember you caused howard which was his man to leave us so i got she blamed,
1: blamed you
0: yeah.
1: Oh, oh, yeah that is horrible oh boy i was just thinking to myself you're okay. really young at four or five I, I just I can't help but wonder how you managed this violation as a kid and going into your teenage years and molestation is a serious thing. Like do you recall at all how it impacted you?
0: Well, I guess you would say I was a resilient person and I guess not my mother not coming to get me helped me to learn to sort of roll with the punches, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever they were. I don't think it really affected me too much.
1: So you feel like you were starting to learn some really hard lessons at an early, early age. Right. Right. Wow. As As you got older, what did you think about trying to find her when you started to become a teenager, you start to, you know, typical teenagers start to feel their independence.
0: Well, I really didn't think much about going to find her. After I I graduated from high school in 1955, Mm I was 16 when I graduated, but 17 in August Mm -hmm. after I graduated. The, The lady that raised me, and without going into a lot of details, Got herself into some some problems, mm-hmm. and the welfare worker it got in the newspapers, so so forth and so on. And my uh, welfare worker said, "Well, you can't. You gotta have somebody. You know." I she said, "Well, you can. You can probably make it on your own because I had already found a job at RCA, even though I wasn't old enough. I put my age up, and I got hired." But at any rate, she said, your brother has got to have somebody who's responsible for him. And in the course of uh, talking to her, I said, well, my mother's out there somewhere. And she searched around and was able to, to locate her. And she was willing to talk to us and so forth. And she came down to visit And basically to take us back, I don't remember all of what transpired with that, but well, I think she came and we went back with her when she, when she left to Cleveland.
1: Oh, she was in Cleveland. She had
0: moved to Cleveland.
1: So this social worker who's tracking down welfare cases says your brother needs a guardian and because your caregiver had gotten herself in trouble, you needed to find somebody, and you mentioned your mother was out there somewhere, and the social right. worker was able to track her down in Cleveland. Right, right. Wow. So yeah, what was it like now? You've graduated from high school, you've got a job with RCA, and you're on your way presumably to some of your own independence, and now this social worker's bringing your mother back in contact with you. How, what did that feel like?
0: Well, I was open to it. I mean, I wasn't against it in any way. And I did go uh, to Cleveland. By then, there was a small amount of time between the incident that caused us to look for her and the time that they located her and she got here. In the the middle of that, RCA had a layoff, and I was young on the totem pole, so I was one of the folks that got laid off.
1: So you're now Um, young and unemployed.
0: Yeah. So I went back to Cleveland with her thinking, well, you know, maybe I'll try it out but I I just couldn't couldn't get past our differences, what all had transpired. I asked her lots of times about, you know, what happened and why and I I couldn't get past her excuses. So to make a long story short, the Guardian has now gotten herself squared away and wanted my brother and I to come back and stay with her. Mm -hmm. And I did for a while, and then that didn't work either. We just, I, I guess it was teenage changes or whatever you want to call it that didn't allow me to settle in too well with with
1: that. And you're you're also at a point of like you've alluded to there's some teenage angst and just generally the emotions and hormones of a teenager who right. probably needs some stability in in at least one home and now you've got two homes that are requesting your presence and frankly neither one of them is one that you sound like you wanted to be in at all. So I could see how how it would be challenging to settle back into a place where you had been abused and where something nefarious had happened that got this caregiver guardian into trouble and, and how it would be incredibly challenging to return to a home with your biological mother who, for all intents and purposes, as far as I can tell from what you've said, abandoned you with this person.
0: Yep. Well, she she had remarried four other times oh. by the time I I uh, went to stay with her. Wow. And I did, did not like, the man that she was, you know, that she currently had, I and mean, he was a, a real alcoholic, which was a problem. You know, I asked one of the things I asked her was, how in the world do you keep changing husbands and you marry? What you get rid of? Right. They were all they were all alcoholics. Mm. My dad was an alcoholic. Mm. My dad was an alcoholic that was so bad that uh, he became a, a homeless person on the street.
1: Oh, boy. This yeah. is That was during the time and thereafter of the, of the Depression?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Did you meet him ever?
0: I never met him. I did get a chance to talk to him once on the phone. My mother said, when I uh, got with her, my mother said, well, I think I know where his cousin is. She's in Cincinnati. And um, she says, I think I can get in touch with them And she did. Uh, they did get him sobered up enough to come one day and call me.
1: How was that conversation?
0: Drained. Mm-hmm. There were no promises on either side. Just, you know, I'm glad you called me. I You know, I'm happy to talk to you if I ever come to, to Cincinnati, I'll look for you. Why don't you come and visit us? Because by then, I was married.
1: Oh, I see. And
0: I Mm -hmm. think I maybe had one or two children. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the next call I got was that uh, they had found him dead out on the street. Oh, no. And actually, the call was sort of, uh, do you want to pay for his burial? This wasn't even...
1: I'm calling to, you know, give you bad news and condolences. It was more, uh, we need to take care of some business. Right. Mm. Right.
0: And uh, I chose not to and mm-hmm. to let him get buried. However, they saw fit.
1: Yeah, I can understand uh, that decision.
0: Well, you know, it would have been nice to to have actually sit down and talk to him, talk to him about uh, his. You know, family and so forth. But make a long story short, a little shorter. Uh, in the process of of my family search, I was able to find find a lot more family than uh, my mother knew about. Or, so you're able to
1: uh, track down information about both your biological mother and father's family. You mentioned earlier that. You right. had attended genealogy conferences with right. my biological mother. Do you think that this was the beginning of your affinity for genealogy study? Like when you started to get clue after clue after clue, that, that it just kind of clicked that, that this would be something that well, was interesting for you?
0: it certainly was one of the reasons why I went into genealogy. But when I was working, I had um, thought about retirement and what I would do after retirement. Mm -hmm. And there were several things that I didn't really have the time for when I was working. And uh, genealogy was
1: one of the things that I decided to do once I retired. It's fascinating to uncover all of those facts
0: through the genealogy
1: process. And you can imagine my surprise when, uh, you know, unfortunately after Ann passed away... I had the opportunity to go through many of her belongings, and she had told me that she had done genealogy, and on my very first birthday that I spent with her, she gave Mm me a book that showed many pictures from throughout her life, and it was really sweet to see her as a youngster, but what I was not expecting was in the, the pages towards the end were some of the results of her genealogical investigations. And she was able to show the names of people that she had discovered back to the days when people in our family were owned as slaves and documents oh. of people who had been freed. And I, <laughs> I was blown away by that amount of just historical recount. I, I was so happy to just get to know her. Oh, but know. for her to be able to draw a line all the way back through history, you know, I, I mm-hmm. was, I was totally blown away by that whole thing. It was amazing.
0: Well, I, w- I was, uh, amazed and surprised at how many older pictures you had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I have a few older ones, even, uh, one that I, I use on a page that I put together not too long ago of, my grandmother, and there was a man standing. Well, there was a man sitting. She was standing by her, and I I had no idea who he was. Mm-hmm. He can't, it has to be her husband. There's nobody else that it could be. Wow. So not only did I find my uh, grandmother's picture, but my grandfather's picture as well, mm. on the bright side, on my father's side.
1: hmm Wow, that is so cool. So may I ask you about, uh, I'd like to ask you about your brother. What? Okay. What do you know about his feelings about connecting with your mom? My brother was
0: a happy-go-lucky kind of person. hmm so, And he was the kind of person that didn't share his feelings. He seemed to have been okay with the whole, you know, all of it that went, you know, that, that, that happened. He seemed to have been Okay. I can remember when I was crying and want my mommy, he would tell me, she's not coming back. You have to stop crying. And he's only like two or three years old. Mm, mm, mm. You know, he's telling me, he's consoling me, if you will. Right. All of the moves, everything seemed, he seemed to be okay with them. I was just going to say he did become uh, addicted to um, some drug. I don't know what.
1: But he ended and, up with a uh, substance abuse problem.
0: And and he passed. It's probably been thirty years ago
1: now. Do you recall what he was like when your mother was rediscovered and when she invited you to come back to live with her? And because he needed a guardian, do you recall at all how he felt at that time?
0: Well, he went to school. So he, you know, got a lot of friends and so forth in school and then she the man that she married had several children, and he settled right in with them. But then, when the opportunity came to move uh, with our guardian, uh, he left and moved. You know, went with her.
1: He went back there,
0: uh, and he seemed to have been all right with all of it. I see. But yeah. you, see, you know, you sometimes wonder if his uh, addiction was just coping method. I, I don't know. I
1: really don't. That's a good question. And whether his happy-go-lucky nature was potentially masking some pain that he had not actually expressed. Where did you leave things with your mother? When was the last time you spoke with her, saw her, anything?
0: Well, she was somewhat persistent with trying to reconnect, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I didn't make it easy you know, unfortunately. But we did stay in contact when she uh, was going through her last stages uh, before she passed. I had already retired, and I would drive back and forth to Cleveland from time to time to check on her to do whatever, you know, just to brighten her spirits or whatever. Right. She wanted to move here, but Quite honestly, I didn't want her to. And it really would not have been a good move for her. All of her friends, she still had a sister that lived in Cleveland. Everybody was there, not here. I see. And she would not have been happy being here. Yeah. So I talked her out of that one.
1: She would have been uprooted from where she was comfortable and had a support network to right. a place where really right. she would have had to rely... Almost exclusively on you. Yeah. And you had a strange relationship. She was relationship, willing to do
0: that. She was willing to do that, and wanted to do that. And
1: I could understand why that we, was. We
0: stayed connected until she passed. And when she passed. Uh, She left everything to me.
1: May I ask you, did you ever question her as to why she did what she did? And did she ever express remorse or sadness? Oh, I
0: I asked her about it many times.
1: And it was always... And
0: I would say, well, why would you do that? Like she said, she had tried to get us back, but the Guardian wanted like Hmm. $5,000 to... give her back, and I said, well, why did you go get a lawyer? You know, I mean my my automatic you know, thing to say is, you know, they they can't do that to you. She couldn't do that to you. Right. But she said, well, I never really thought about that. I just knew I didn't have the money.
1: But do you believe her that, and do you get the sense that she was genuine in her desire to try to get you back?
0: Nope. Why not? Well, my mother was was a person who loved entertainment. She and she had initially uh, two uh, two sisters in Cleveland and the three of them would get together weekends and and they would have their drinks and their dinners and you know or she would go to gatherings and drink. That was their lifestyle. I mean, they didn't. They didn't have a homey kind of atmosphere.
1: They were partiers.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that wasn't my way of doing things. Or I didn't even think that that
1: should be her way of doing it. But you know, that that's her business. I see. So knowing that she led a party lifestyle, it was hard right. for you to believe that she earnestly wanted to come back for you and your brother. Right. Right. I see. So looking back on everything that you've been through, tell me a little bit about what you wish
0: had been different. Well, I don't really know. I would have preferred to have been with my mother, with my father, uh, had a, what I would consider a normal family life. That That's what I would, would have preferred.
1: Well, I'm sorry that it didn't work out to be that way. It sounds like well, it
0: was... You know how they what they say if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger,
1: yeah, that's true and
0: i certainly I can certainly be thankful for that because it it not make me stronger.
1: in what ways did it make you um, stronger?
0: Well, I decided that that her lifestyle or family way of doing things was not what I wanted for my family, and we had five children. I kept them busy with constructive things, if you will. They were all involved in sports as well as their school activities. And I was involved with their activities. You know, I didn't just push them out the door and say, okay, you go to scouts and you go here. (laughs) I was the one who uh, took them and stayed with them and cheered for them and whatever else. Mm
1: -hmm. You were a good mom.
0: Well, I would like to think so, uh, and I think my children would would agree with that. I, you know, it made me able to to accept and to to uh, not let things get me so bogged down that I couldn't couldn't function or not function in the way that I think a, a parent should.
1: It didn't kill you; it made you stronger. Yep. That's excellent. Well, Mary, I'm so thankful to you for sharing your story with me here. It's been really interesting to hear. I I was excited to talk to you because I kept looking at your face in my Facebook timeline and I'm thinking to myself, I know she told me we're related. I just can't remember how. I'm just really glad that we were able to connect and that you were able to tell me your story. Thank you so much for taking time to share your story with me. I really appreciate it. All the best to you.
0: Bye bye. Bye bye.
1: Hey, it's me. Mary's story is heartbreaking in a lot of ways. In a short period of time, she was taken from her mother to live with a guardian. In guardianship, she was sexually abused. Then her guardian blamed her for the economic hardship in that house when the abuser left the home. It had to be hard to then bounce from house to house between returning to her mother's home, then being asked to return to the guardian's house. That level of instability is incredibly disruptive for a child or a teenager to grow up with. However, I was so heartened to hear that Mary decided that she was going to embody the loving, involved, nurturing mother that she always wanted but never had. She kept her children active and stayed involved with their activities and modeled for them the example of what a mother should be. I hope you'll find something in Mary's story that inspires you, validates your feelings about wanting to search, or motivates you to have the strength along your journey to learn who am I really if you would like to share your story of locating and connecting with your biological family visit whoamireallypodcast.com you can follow me on twitter at wai really and please leave a comment on what you think of the show or rate the show wherever you get your podcasts